Hello, welcome to Blades Pod. It's Saturday, the fourth of January. My name is Ben, and I'm joined, as always, by Andrew. How are you today, pal? I'm I'm all right, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about uh, back-to-back defeats for Sheffield United for the first time since August 2018, um, which was, of course, the start of last season when we lost to Swansea mm-hmm. and Middlesbrough in those consecutive games. Um, and yeah, two two nil defeats to uh, the defending champions and the uh, well, I think you can I think you can pretty much write it down now that the champions of this season for sure. But yeah, we uh, we were pretty upbeat after that Man City game, or well, certainly uh, upbeat about the performance anyway. But th- this was a major contrast, I think. I mean, not to uh, not to uh, put words in your mouth here, so I'm, I'm keen to get your take on it. What was your overall feelings after this defeat to Liverpool? I put a tweet out what sort of summed everything up. I, I thought I didn't think we would played very well. I think if we'd have played very well, it didn't really matter. I think Liverpool would have just stepped it up and beat us anyway. Mm. I think that if you're going to play bad in a in a game, I personally prefer it against a team that you're probably not going to beat anyway. And I think that is possibly. I mean, it's hard because it's hard to say like how much is the opposition being good and how much it was us being poor. But I I do think we were pretty poor by our high standards that we've set ourselves and. Mm. I didn't think we were going to win anyway, so I didn't come out with any anger. I think the Jew are, you know, a bad game. I think that you can let them off for a, you know, I, I think there's been a lot of doom and gloom that I've seen from certain quarters of our fan base. So, oh, they're all tired, or he's not good enough, and it's just a bad game against a really good side. And you know, I, I was fairly content in a way I, I, with the way the game went to lose two and zero. Yeah, I. So I, I also tweeted my reaction after the game, and almost as I hit send, I was like. Mm. Am I being too harsh here? I was sort of expecting a bit of uh, a bit of a I don't know reaction from people um, of like, oh, you've been you know you just you how are you disappointed at losing to Liverpool? But I I think I to an extent I I'm always like almost more bothered by the performance than the result and in a like bigger picture kind of thing. And so yeah, losing to Man City, I was like you know we did really well there and we probably should have beaten them to be honest, but. Yeah, I, I was disappointed in how we played in this game. And I think there, there's a lot of... There are so many mitigating factors. I mean, for starters, there is the fatigue. You know, having to play... You know, to play that well against Man City um, obviously took a lot out of the legs. And it was... And I don't think people are mentioning as well the fact that we played Watford and Brighton within five days of those two games as well, which is obviously Watford we know now are on fire. That's a tough game. Brighton away is always tough. That's four really, really difficult games, I think, within the space of, what, 14 days or something like that? Something Maybe. like that. And it's, yeah. it, it is largely the same team all the way through. I mean, you, you know, yeah. you've had Besic sort of play a, few, a couple of times. Robinson started at at City, but you know, it, there's not really been a break for uh, for any of these players. Lundstrom was coming back from uh, from an injury in this game, and I, I thought kind of looked it as well. Although yeah, I, I don't definitely. know if I'm yeah. I don't know if I'm uh, you know applying a bit of a narrative there. Um, and yeah, so you you got the fatigue factor, but you've also just got the fact that like Liverpool are ridiculously good. Like you said, I mean, yeah. I, I've sort of. I feel like I've kind of taught Liverpool down a little bit this season because they've they've won so many games by just a single goal and you know they don't have the ridiculous attacking numbers that Man City put up both in terms of underlying metrics and the actual goal scoring numbers as yeah. well I mean what is it like 50 odd goals for City now but at the same time they are absurdly good they you know this sounds stupid but I, when I watch Liverpool I think like that's that's almost the the kind of absolute ideal of what United are trying to achieve in terms yeah. of work rate, physicality, 
effort, pressure, all that kind of thing. And, and this is why it's sort of, I mean, I think Wilder alluded to this afterwards as well, but it's why it does kind of make me laugh when people mock us as like a physical, hard-working team. It's like the best oh, yeah, team in the land. Massive, yeah, yeah. Best we got team massive now. Yeah, and um, I mean, it's a cliche, but yeah, we, we did look like, I thought we looked like youth players at times going up mm-hmm. against an incredible physical and skillful team. And yeah, it was, it was frustrating. Um, you know, you sort of, you kind of expect us to be able to match up to that a little bit, that level of physicality, you know, like be, be more competitive, uh, you know, you, you, you kind of accept being outskilled, outplayed, that kind of thing. But we didn't win any physical no. athletic duels at all. I thought we were really outmuscled, outworked. And that's not a, I don't mean that in a, like we played lazy or we played tired particularly, but yeah, that, that was a little bit disappointing to me. And it's not, it's not a, it's not a lose sleep over it disappointing because, as I say, Liverpool are ridiculous and you have the fatigue thing as well. I mean, yeah, but... yeah. Well, John Fleck's probably our, what you say our toughest midfielder possibly mm. in terms of getting. To, and I, he didn't win a single ground duel. Yeah, in, the... In the entire game, which is so unlike him, you know. And he, I don't even, I don't know if he committed a foul, but I know that's not a good thing in a way. But we just look, we just got pushed aside, and I thought that. Tiredness is definitely. Let's not, you know, let's not overlook that tiredness thing. It's mentally tiring as well, and I think that maybe, maybe just that step too far, possibly going behind so early, was a massive blow mentally. And you always feel a bit tired when you're going behind, don't you? You know, especially yeah. that you think, God, this is going to be. A-. I think we all thought it as fans, this is going to be a long night. So who knows? If we'd have kept him out for twenty minutes, maybe you'd have got that second win. But when you, you know, one 0 down after three minutes or whatever it was, and you've just come off the back of playing City. And running around all over the place. I think it's a tough ask. It yeah. really is. But we, we, there's no excuses in terms of the passing and stuff, I don't think. I think we were really poor on the ball. But again, I don't know how much mentality played on that. I don't know how much we were sort of being so cautious with us passing that we ended up sort of just. We hoofed it far more than we normally do and just, you know, nowhere passes. No one really took responsibility. No one took a running, you know, a run like, well, Fleck against City got the ball and you're running pretty much every time he got he got it. This time, I don't think. I think he made one run that I. That I can remember. So it wasn't a good performance, but if you're going to put in a bad performance, do it against Liverpool and just come away with a couple of goal beat, in my opinion. Yeah, and we, we all sort of joke about the uh, opposition off days, don't we? And uh, <laughs> and the fact that it's actually United making these teams look like that. And I certainly think to an extent, Liverpool made us have an off day, you know, <laughs> with yeah, all the yeah. other factors yeah, yeah, in yeah. there. They just they give you absolutely no time on the ball whatsoever. The the intensity of their... I mean, it's, it is like at the absolute heart of everything Klopp has done with them, but the intensity and the intelligence that they press the ball, it's almost impossible to play against unless you're, you know, unless you have a ridiculously high-level team, which, I mean, we, we have a very good team. I really do think this is a top-10 Premier League team, but, yeah, as you say, this is a, this is a step too far, I think, and, uh, yeah, ultimately, um, probably a 2-0 defeat, I can kind of go like, yeah, we, you know, not, not the worst result. could have been a lot worse, and... Yeah, I guess, but for um, but for some hate, saves from uh, Henderson, I think it definitely could have been a lot worse. It uh, would have been interesting to see how it would have gone on if we'd have had, say, Man City, then a win against West Ham, or maybe Man City, a draw against Watford, and then a week to play Liverpool to see how we'd have gone up against them. I would have liked hmm. to have seen that, because we obviously did give them a game at Bramall Lane. Yeah, and then that actually is kind of the root of my disappointment, because, um, I mean, I, I said to you privately on, I think, the day before, I was like, do you know mm-hmm. what? I actually think we're going to get something from Anfield. And, yeah, I'm going to get You did accuse me of being drunk at the time. Uh, and, and for the avoidance of doubt, I was definitely not. 
Um, I mean, it was about 10 in the morning for starters. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, that was kind of rooted in this thing of like, I don't think Liverpool have been that impressive all season. Uh, they win a lot of close games. I think we will keep them to one goal. I think we'll, I th- we played the exact team I thought we'd play. So, um, you know, I thought McGoldrick will, will come in. Lundstrom will have an impact for us. And uh, and that Bramall Lane game, that was that was kind of the thing that informed me. Because, all right, we, we rode our luck a little bit in that one in terms of... Um, some missed chances by Liverpool, but we had good chances ourselves on the yeah, break. And and also, yeah. I think the contrast in how good we are now uh, with how good we were at that point of the season is very stark. Because I think, I think either after that game or just before that game, we'd had the whole conversation about like you know this midfield three is making us defensively solid, but we're not creating much at all. You know, can we? flip yeah. that around a little bit and then I think after Liverpool we went seven games unbeaten and you know we scored like three goals at home in consecutive league games and that kind of thing so yeah I really really thought that we would compete in this game uh I probably you know I still thought we'd probably lose but I thought we'd give ourselves a chance and we were just completely outclassed we, we basically did nothing for 87 minutes did we I think they were in third gear um, mm. But I think we were in third gear as well. I, I, I think if you're getting two teams in third gear playing against each other, the, the better side's going to win every time. Yeah. I think they worked harder than us, which I think a lot of fans are upset about. And I do get that. I do understand that because I don't think that's happened to us, has it, all season? Or no. The last time I saw that lack, that lack of what's... I'm not saying they lacked effort because that, that's not... I, I disagree with that. But yeah. I do think we were outworked. And I think the, the last time I saw that happen in such a... In a glaring way, was probably Hull when we lost one nil um, a couple of seasons ago. Oh, I can't yeah. remember anything since even the Middlesbrough game when we got battered three nil. They were just like bad defending off two corners. I don't think we got mm. necessarily got outworked. I think they were just poor errors off a corner. That's the only time I thought these won it more than us. Yeah, I think that's a really good shout out. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, I was really racking my brain there as you were talking and the fact you've had to go back what two seasons, two full seasons, mm. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it says it all. I, I don't think it happened at all. If yeah, really last season at all, to be honest. Um, See, I watch other teams and I watch like Premiership teams, Championship teams, League One teams, and and I, I always feel when I'm watching other sides, I, I realise how good we got it just in terms of the effort that we get, and the, because there are certain sides uh, where you think. If they just push this an extra ten percent, they get a win. But they just didn't see, you know, they, they were quite static. And we've never been like that under Wilder, other than the odd occasions. And to have it against Liverpool is just one of those things. To come away with two 0 defeat is, in a, in a way, sort of we've got away with it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think the uh, the result against Man City was uh, was a bit harsh on us. But yeah, yeah, this one probably flattered us slightly. And I think it's a, a good point you said about third gear. I mean, the, it was a frankly, it was a bit of a boring game to watch. I mean, I was. Definitely when that second goal went in, I was uh, not in a hugely defeatist way, but I was kind of like, you know, pretty much skipped to the end now, I think. You know, this, yeah. you know, this game's over. There's absolutely no way we're getting back into it. Um, do you know how many shots we had between the 20th and 80th minute of this game? I can only think of three. It was actually zero. Oh, <laughs> so we... we... Oh, of course, because yeah, the, the, the McGoldrick shot obviously would have been before the 20th minute mark. Yeah, yeah, we had a couple of shots immediately after they'd scored and then we had a little bit of a flurry at the end. In between, we played an hour of football without taking a single shot and um, 
I've got to say, when I looked that up, uh, I mean, that was confirming a suspicion. It wasn't a, uh, oh, I can't believe that. I was like, pretty sure we did nothing for that that whole kind of middle It hour. was a bit what sort of summed it up, I thought, where we were passing it down the left-hand side. This were at 1-0 as well. Hmm. And everyone like, were in the pub watching everyone. Get it in, get it in. And I know we don't play like that, but it was just so laboured and so... And then they ended up with Stevens blasting yeah. it at John Fleck. Sorry, Fleck blasting it at Stevens' head. Yeah. And that sort of summed up. It just wasn't... We weren't at that sort of... Uh, impromptu sort of you know way of playing. We, it was it was so late. We were almost we didn't have confidence in ourselves to take that little bit of a chance. Uh, and the best probably the best move we made was at the very last minute with the McBurney chance. Yeah, there were, um, yeah. There was only a couple of times we really sort of strung some passes together and yeah pushed through them a bit. Um, that that really annoyed me. There was that corner as well where we were offside, and that uh, was just. Yeah. Yeah. You think that's just not us? Well, that's just basic errors. That it was like first corner of the game for us, I think. Yeah. And you're thinking, you know, yeah, it might have been, yeah, just, I think it was just a couple of minutes after we conceded winning because it was the McGoldrick shot. Yeah, um, that's right. And I was saying, we're not going to get many of these chances, and we've wasted it in such a ridiculous way. But then again, I was saying that in, in a way, Every time we we went forward, I was thinking they're going to hit us on that. They, they seem yeah. to have more chances every time we went forward. They did. Yeah, I, I felt I felt exactly the same. I mean, honestly, uh, the last ten minutes, I was thinking like, mm, can we just just see this out? This two yeah. stop pushing so many men forward. I don't want to lose three. I actually said it to, to, to the lads that I were with. I said, you know, this sounds really defeatist, but I wouldn't be mind just shutting up shop. I don't want him to put four strikers on, put it that way, like he did against mm. Man City, because I think we'd have got absolutely torn apart. Because people were saying, oh, why has he only changed the strikers? They're not getting any service, and I understand that, but I don't really know what else he could have done that wouldn't have left us completely wide open to their ridiculously fast break. Yeah. Um, yeah, in terms of... So, I mean, you mentioned there like hardly any shots, and we only had three in the entire game, actually. Mm. Um, and, and I was kind of watching, trying to trying to work out, you know, is this a deliberate plan? Like, are we... Is this game going how we... Apart from the fact we're 1-0 down, yeah. is this game going how we kind of want it to go? You know, keep it to a single goal deficit... And then we'll have try and have a little burst at the end of the last ten minutes or so, and that actually is what happened in terms of that burst. Yeah, but yeah. I think that was possibly just down to the fact the game was dead at that point. So um, I, Liverpool were, you know, they were just coasting. I mean, they'd made some ridiculously misplaced passes towards the end when they were. Yeah. So I wouldn't say they were showboating. It was it wasn't arrogance, I don't think, but they were just, you know, playing passes that they probably wouldn't have played. A few lazy passes and stuff, which is understandable when you're, yeah. you know. You're comfortable and I think we got back into it to a degree more due to them sitting off they certainly didn't press us anywhere near as they were the, the entire game yeah so I was thinking you know is this is this game going how we've kind of scripted it if you like um, mm. and you know obviously it ended up with a the goals came at bad times we'll talk about them in a second so we're about to make a double change just before the second goal went in mm. um, which was the two strikers and you know maybe that who who knows how much difference that might have made at 1-0 to be honest but um, yeah so I was like you know is afterwards Wilder going to say, well, you know, we this was the plan. Basically, be very, very conservative. You know, really ultra conservative, and then try yeah. and go at him in the last fifteen minutes. But no, he was. Um, he kind of echoed my my feelings, I guess, only probably slightly more harsh. That yeah, didn't really uh, didn't really compete, and uh, just didn't have a didn't play well, didn't use the ball well. So yeah, it was uh, it was a funny one. Like I said, I was a little bit when I sent those tweets out. I was thinking, oh, people are going to be uh, think I've been really harsh there, but. As always, it's quite nice when the manager's got higher standards than the fans. You probably were saying, actually, some people like it, like Sarah in the pub, and people saying, do you think he'll praise him after? Do you think he'll like let him off? And I said, well, we're going absolutely mad all the way through the match. So 
probably not. You know, I saw him screaming and shouting all the way through and stuff, and I didn't think he seemed happy on the sidelines. And I were, I were more sort of forgiving than he was, and I think a lot of fans were, to be honest. Um, I think it would have been easy for... I think Warnock, for instance, would come out and said, well, we've had a few odd games, we had a great set of lads, they kept it down to 2-0. Mm. But we know Wilder, he's not going to accept that, is he? And... Um, I've seen like there's, I've seen even a couple of fans saying he shouldn't have had a go at them that much for how good they've been, like the neutral fans. But we know that that's what he does. Yeah, exactly. And he, you know, he, he did put it into context, didn't he? Which I'm, I'm very keen to do myself. Which is that this yeah. is genuinely, as you kind of alluded to there, this is the first time this season. And what was that? A 21st game? The first time this season we've been properly outclassed. Mm. I mean, um, I thought Leicester were better than us. Uh, I thought Everton were better than us. But I, yeah. that was largely down to how we played on the day as opposed to maybe how good we actually are. Um, But other than that, we've been very much a match for every single team. So, yeah, if if the first team that outclasses you is the runaway uh, champions to be, the European champions as well, um, Mm. who have specifically game-planned to beat you in this game because of what you did to them in the first game, then that's yeah. not too bad. Because you, you see those comments by Klopp afterwards. I when, did, I did, yeah. Yeah, I was about to bring them up myself, actually. Yeah, yeah really, really sort of complimentary, weren't they? Yeah, he was. and I, I mean, I thought that was absolutely wild that he was saying, you know, we wanted to try something that I haven't seen any other team do against Sheffield United so far this season. So, I mean, first of all, you know, hats off to Klopp for calling us Sheffield United. I thought that was very noticeable. <laughs> I was, I was yeah. all sat there waiting for him to just call us Sheffield all the way through that interview. Yeah, um, I do like Klopp, by the way. But, I do. Um, I think he's a really. He's, I think the only person I've ever met who don't like him is your dad, actually. Last <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah, shout out to my dad and his. Uh, so my my dad hates Jurgen Klopp, and my mum hates uh, Jess Ennis for some reason. So it's oh, great. really? Yeah, and I've, I've always tried to get her to. This is a major tangent here, but I've always <laughs> I've always tried to like get this explanation from her but she's just like she just sort of curls her lip and makes a funny face so some people you just take an instant dislike to don't you yeah, yeah know, like Billy Sharp with me <laughs> <laughs> um so what did Klopp say then he said um you know uh well the interviewer said you know is it fair to say you've you've passed Sheffield United to death there and he was like yeah well that was the plan actually you know not seeing other teams do this this season so you know that implies that he himself is kind of you know, fully aware of how every other team has struggled with us and he's seen something that other teams have not tried, which is basically pass, pass and pass again. Um, starve of his possession. Don't give us a chance to win it and break like we do. Don't give us a chance to have control possession where we can get our centre-backs forward, which happened a couple of times in this game, but very, very few. Um, ended up with the most completed passes in a Premier League game in Premier League history. With 876, so that's like one every six seconds or so. I mean, there's a lot of passes. Um, And I know people will be worried about that, thinking, oh, they found us out. I don't (laughs) see many teams being able to do that as well as Liverpool did, to be completely honest. I don't either. The the trouble is uh, with Liverpool, um, and and in fact, most of their chances actually came from this, they can play the short-passing, tiki-taka game forever, but then they can also suddenly do the 40-yard ball over the top yeah. to yeah. one of their ridiculously fast forwards um, who will almost always either win it or you know someone will be picking up the second ball for them. This is um, what we were saying all the way through the game. They've got two... They're amazing around the box. They very rarely lose it around the box, Liverpool. They pass, they pass, they pass, they pass. They find those little spaces and create something, then... At the best case scenario, it's normally your defender just hoofing it clear, and then mm. they come again. But, and then they've got the other thing is when you go forward, as you said, the you know before you know it, they're in your area. <laughs> so. Yeah, 
That's it. It's not. Um, it's not like the sort of peak Barcelona where you. I mean, no. frank, frankly, I got a bit bored watching Barcelona in the kind of uh, what would it be like, like twenty twenty ten that kind of. Yeah, time. we said the same with Spain actually. Um, yeah. They're obviously amazing side, but after a while, you're like, all right, come on, you can, well, you can pass. Get it. <laughs> I, I think it was Guardiola used to say, you know, they defend by having the ball, which is, yeah. you know, that's fine. It works, but it is also kind of boring. You know, possession, possession mm. as a way to stop the opposition scoring, and yeah, that that wasn't this with Liverpool. And as I say that. That's what makes them so great to watch, I think, and so effective as well. That that mix of really incredible technical ability on the ball, but also the sheer athleticism and speed and just everything that Mane, Mane and Salah particularly. I mean, they're the two chief goal scorers and they obviously scored the goals on uh, in this game. But yeah, they're ridiculous. So I, I certainly don't expect, um, you know, West Ham, Arsenal, whoever we're playing next to... Uh, to rack up 876 passes against no, us as, no, as some kind no. of tactic. So that doesn't worry me too much. Um, I remember actually, it was, this was another thing I'd like to bring up is because people, how far we've come, and I know people don't like saying stuff, but I'm pretty sure that we, we were celebrating promotion, like we did our tour, uh, whatever it was, sorry, the, you know, the City Hall bust thing. Mm. And I'm pretty sure I went to that and then immediately went to the Copthorne Hotel after and watched Liverpool destroy Barcelona were it 5-0. Uh, it was 4-0 on the night. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I was, because, um, yeah, I think I did a thing on, um, I went to Radio Sheffield after that. Yeah, that I think thing, pretty sure that, the that's, half. you know, that is less than a year ago that they've just destroyed Barcelona. This is, they're a proper, proper good side. They're not just one of these sort of English champions that you get now and again who are the best by far, but, you know, aren't, aren't going to be renowned as the the all timers. I think Liverpool have definitely got a shout to be. I mean, if they go unbeaten, they're going to be up there, aren't they, with the Arsenal Invincible? So mm. it's a got... proper proper good side. It's not just a a good side. You know, it's not just Mourinho's Chelsea who sort of suck the life out of games in a lot of a lot of the time, and then sort of you know they've they've just got that quality to beat you. This is a proper quality side. Do you think they will go unbeaten? The only the only way I think they might not is if they win the league fairly early and they and they're still in the Champions League and they concentrate mm. big on that. That's the or, or if they've got or if they get far in the FA Cup and they've got too many competitions to to go at. I don't. The only team I can properly see beating them is Man City. Maybe Man U purely due to the rivalry, you know, with the big atmosphere and it's yeah. like a one-off game. But I I don't I just can't see it. I think it's a great chance for them to go and beat them now. I mean, you mentioned City, so have they played. They've played City at Anfield, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. They beat them three one, I think. It oh, was. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, so they go to Man City in April. I mean, they they could have. You know, it's very feasible they would win the league around that time actually, because that is that's with uh, two, four, that's with six games to go. Um, Man U. Another thing as well is Leicester have just played Man City and Liverpool in a row and conceded seven and scored one. So and yeah. that's Leicester, who are probably the third best team in the league this year. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, I think it's a great chance for them. Just the way the Premier League is this season, I think there's a. Yeah, I I think Leicester are the third best team, but then I think there is a drop off. I don't think Chelsea are appreciably better than us, to be honest. Um, I think they have better individuals, but Man United being fifth is just sort sort of shows you where we are. Because I swear they've only won like two games this season. Man United, <laughs> but they're like they're obviously still. Fifth. I mean, if we'd have beat Liverpool, we'd have been fifth. And as we've had a great start, don't get me wrong, it's been fantastic. But that's fantastic for us. I don't feel we've merited sort of being fifth in the league, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't feel like we're we're playing well enough to be competing for a Champions League slot, which is what would have happened if we'd have beat Liverpool. It's a it's a it's a strange strange league where the top two are 
well, the top three are far better than the 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 ones below. Yes, for sure. Um, there's only four teams that have won double figures games this season. Actually, Man U only eight wins, so one more than us. Yeah, you got Spurs as well, haven't you? In uh, Spurs six, I think. Yes, to have. I mean, Wolves must have been kicking themselves losing to Watford because oh. that's a fantastic opportunity with Man U losing and Spurs and Chelsea only getting a point. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I mean I, I don't know what uh, what kind of percentage chance I'd put it at, but I, I think it's probably. I don't know. I'd probably say like fifty-fifty whether they go and beat now Liverpool. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's only, um, yeah, Man U being at home as well. I think that's a. I think they'll win that pretty comfortably. They'll certainly not lose it anyway. Yeah, so. the, the only reason I say it because they're, they're, they're the only team who's taken points off them, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and that, I remember that game. And Man U did play really well in that game. And they quite clearly raised the game. And as bad as Man U have been, they have got big name players who can turn it on when they can be bothered. It's just that they can't be bothered a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, all right, that's uh, enough uh, enough praise for Liverpool. They're going to get. Uh, yeah, it feels like a bit like do you know uh, Mike Bassett. Three cheers for Ramirez. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll get off that. Yeah. Um, any individuals you want to pick out for United, either uh, either good or bad? I'll start with bad. I thought Lonnie was the worst I've seen him all season. I, yeah. I think since that second half at Villa, he's not because I don't think he was great at Watford as well. I don't know if he's been carrying an injury or if he's just running out of steam a bit or if it's just a couple of bad games. I'm not going to write him off. It's ridiculous after a couple of games. I thought Fleck was the worst he's been as well. I don't know if he was just knackered from how well he played against Man City. Again, I'm not going to fault him because it's a one. I think that's one bad game he's had, and I think Norwood had his West Ham away boots on. <laughs> where every, every, you know every time he got it, he just passed it to you know to the wrong player every time, and he were it were it were not at his worst. Where when I mean, he can look bad because he tries these sort of spectacular balls, and when they don't come off, he, he he does look quite bad. I think I think the midfield three was the main reason that we got bullied so much. I think I, I think the three centre halves didn't actually do that bad, to be honest. I don't know about no. yourself. Yeah, I thought Basham was uh, largely. Basham immense. was our best outfield player. I thought, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But Anderson, think... I thought, was the man of the match for us. Yeah, I, I would say so as well. Uh, Lund- I mean, Lundstrom was injured for the Man City game. Apparently, I think he had an ankle thing or something. So um, I think it was touch and go as to whether he was going to play in this one. And yeah, yeah, I, I was thinking so at halftime. I was thinking might be uh, not that it would have hugely impacted the game, but perhaps Bessic should come on here for Lundstrom because yeah, like. Just the amount of possession losses in our half was, was yeah, yeah, it was. It, it, it was, was one of the. I think every time I counted, I think there were four times in a row where he got it and passed it to them, like in a, in a in a quite a short period. Mm. And it wasn't even really getting the defensive. I mean, he's he's one of our bigger players physically, and he was just getting. There were no point in him being there, really. Like, um, in it's easy to say in hindsight, but. Maybe you could have left Bessie Chinks. At least he'll leave a tackling and stuff. But yeah, yeah, I can understand why he picked him. It's his own your hometown and everything, and it must have been really. And he looked gutted after. I don't know if you saw his interview. Uh, I haven't watched it actually. No, he just sounds like. I mean, he always sounds a bit down. To be honest, Lundstrom, but Scouse accent. Yeah, he, he just sounded like he knew he'd not done himself justice, and yeah, I felt a bit sorry for him and O'Connell and stuff because obviously they've been looking forward to that one for ages and. It probably just that one game too far. I thought Baldock were poor, particularly in the first half. Um, Stevens was the worst I've seen him for a while in terms of having possession. So mm, most uh, most possession losses on the pitch, Stevens by yeah. Quite, it was just distance. one of those where we're not we're not a team who can afford to have two or three players off the game, and we're probably at four or five. Yeah, I think that's very fair. I mean, the the mitigating factor I would say for the midfield three, and um, I think Lundstrom in particular, although you know maybe another player would have done better. 
Wijnaldum and, uh, and Jordan Henderson, mm. absolutely immense. I mean, you know... The I, physicality, again, yeah. surprised me just how... You see him on TV and you and you see about muscling teams and you think, oh, we might be able to get in amongst these. You know, Lundstrom's a big lad. Fleck gets stuck in, but pff, didn't get anywhere near him. I mean, there were, uh, there must have been a couple of times Wijnaldum. You know, I said earlier about like youth players going up against uh, you know mm. grown grown professional athletes. And there were a couple of times, uh, yeah, Wijnaldum just he just brushed Lundstrom aside, didn't it? I mean, it wasn't a foul or anything like that. He just completely shoved him out of the way uh, in, a, in a completely legal fashion and yeah yeah I mean that, see that that I think is the heart of why I was a little bit frustrated and disappointed because we played against Henderson and Wijnaldum in the first game at Bramall Lane it was the same team for us the same mm-hmm. midfield three and we competed much better and you know maybe it is just the well I don't know there's all those factors we talked about I mean fatigue obviously, yeah, yeah. Liverpool, I think Liverpool are better now than they were at that stage of the season as well. Um, I think Wilder, he was disappointed on the night, but he obviously did a press conference yesterday and he seemed far more upbeat about it, which I think yeah. sort of suggests that I don't think he's necessarily worried by that performance. And I think he obviously did say, what is it, 20 games? Yeah. And that's that's the first bad one we've had. That's the first one you can say that wasn't, you know, arguably wasn't, I won't say it's not acceptable, that's a... That's a silly thing Below to say. Below the standards but, that we set yeah, for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the one where you, I think you can come off and I think every, you can point a finger at every player and say, you could have done better there. Yeah, indeed. Um, on the plus side, before these two games, you said uh, if we can get through them with our positive goal difference still intact, then mm-hmm. uh, yeah. we take that. And it was plus six and it's now plus two. So, yeah, yeah. could have been worse. I- we- well, the thing is, we've still got the best goal difference from anyone from eighth downwards, and we're, we're miles ahead of the bottom three. I mean, it can quickly turn, but I think Watford are minus 17, aren't they, or something like that. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it, it'll take a lot, a lot, because you've got to remember that it's unlikely that Watford or Bournemouth are going to win 10 of the last 20 games. So they're going to have to have some big wins in there, or we're going to have to have some big defeats for them to catch up with us, because we're like 14 in front of Bournemouth. Yeah. I think so. Uh, and 17, what was it? 40, 15, 16, 17, uh, sorry, 19 in front of uh, uh, Watford. So, yeah, it's going to take, uh, take something very weird. When I mean, yeah, the other thing I was about to say, we've, we've played Liverpool twice now. So, you can chalk mm. those off. I know this month we'll have played Man City twice as well. Um, and Arsenal, though. This is the thing. This month, I don't want fans to get too down. If we do... if we, I mean, everyone's bigging this West Ham game up as being huge. And it is. So it's a big game. They're all they're all big games. And it's the the one game in the next... You know, in the in the five-game run that you, you you looked at and thought, well, that's the one we might be able to get something out of. You yeah. someone like to get some away at Arsenal or Man City or anything. So that I understand why people are bigging that up. But if the worst-case scenario does happen... We've played a lot of the best sides now. We've we played City twice already. We've played Liverpool twice already. Mm. That's a big thing, I think. I mean, I would have liked to have played Liverpool and City in a way later on in the season where maybe they've not got as much to play for. But at the same time, it's good to have them out of the way, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, we can just kind of uh, move on to uh, next game ne- and rest of the season, I suppose, knowing that yeah, your, your toughest matches by far, the Liverpool ones, are... Are in the books and you don't need to worry about them anymore. So yeah, it's uh, reassuring to hear that Wilder's pretty upbeat that they're <laughs> done yeah. it out of the way. Um, are you ready to give out your alternative man of the match yeah. nominee? Yeah. Nice yeah. one. All right. So brought to you by the Dem Blades fanzine, a sponsor of this podcast. It's the alternative man of the match. Uh, just like the fanzine, 
we try to pick out somebody that maybe doesn't get the attention that it deserves from the mainstream media. Who who do you want to uh, nominate this week? People are going to be stunned here. I'm going for Billy Sharp. I thought Ooh. he was really, really, really good when he came on. I know they were sitting off and stuff, but I thought his hold-up play, he, he did a little bit of... Bit of trickery, a bit of uh, experience. I thought he was by far our most sort of dangerous forward for the, the small amount of time he was on. And yeah, and I thought it's just a good story. I, I, I just like the idea of Billy Sharp, obviously, mainly a lower league striker for the, the majority of his career. Just getting that chance to play at Anfield and, you know, on another day, you know, he could have scored or whatever. He, yeah, the bit where he should have shot and stuff. But I, I, yeah, I was happy to see him on the pitch. And I think it's good that he's, he's got game time at. City and Liverpool away this season. Um, mm. Even though we've lost both games, I think he's looked pretty decent in both of them, to be honest. Yeah, and uh, almost scored against Man City, of course. Yeah, yeah I, th- I thought yeah. he did well as well. I mean, I was a bit when I saw that double change coming up uh, of the two strikers, I was a bit like, "Why?" Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I was I exactly the same as you. I was thinking maybe Robinson. I can sort of understand he's got a little bit more trickery or whatever, but I didn't think it was Sharp's game. But I really did think Sharp. I'm not saying that Liverpool had definitely had sat off by that point, but he, he caused them far more problems than Moussa and McGoldrick did for the for the rest of the game. Yeah, indeed, um, and yeah, it's you know we we miss one uh, one sentimental thing from this game in uh, in, in Mark Duffy not being involved. Uh, obviously, that was mm-hmm. the the big kind of um, one of the one of the nice kind of touches from preseason, wasn't it, or the, or the end of last yeah. season of like you know, Duffy's going to get to play at Anfield, so. Yeah, yeah, it's good, good to see uh, one little bit of sentimentality. I'm, yeah, j- I'm just yeah. reeling from you uh, nominating Billy Sharp, actually. I know, I know. I mean, it's ungr- I mean, I did go for him for our player of the decade as well, but people That's have true. overlooked that and uh, <laughs> I think it's rubbish. <laughs> Do you know, we actually forgot to mention um, uh, our, our one chance. I think people will uh, give us some stick if we uh, if we don't mention this. Oh, yeah. Actually, um, so we'll segue this into this section. Uh, McBurney with the miss yeah. um, right at the end, which... You know, I think I think it can escape a little bit of um, uh, stick, I suppose, because I don't really think it would have mattered that much. No, no, but if that in one 0 yeah, <laughs> yeah. So ball gets, uh, I think it's O'Connell, isn't it? it gets uh, yeah. gets played into the box and he slides it. A great cross, you know, across the six yard box. And McBurney um, has to stretch, and it kind of just hits him sort of halfway up his shin and. Mm. Oh, even then, it's on target, and you just think, like, how's that not, how's that not scuffed into the net? Yeah. My mate said to me, because if he did that again hundred times, he'd never be able to get that flight on that ball to go directly into Allison's arms. It's, yeah. it's just if it if it's him anywhere else, it goes in, or you know, it, it, even if it's his knee or something, it's just you're almost like. Uh, I don't know. Floats in the. I don't know. He's done it actually. No, it's it's a. I mean, I'm not going to attempt to defend it. I don't think it's a pretty. Uh, you know, he should have scored. Really, if we're being honest, yeah. that, that was our one, uh, our one big chance of the whole game. It was, it was one yeah. of our only our three shots, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to. I, I thought it'd be remiss not to mention. Yeah, it. we don't um, want to get, get accused of propaganda, like, like some sort of Soviet Union propaganda, where we're not mentioning <laughs> like the bad things that have happened. But it was a poor miss. He should have scored. But I'm really glad that it didn't sort of mean anything in the end because. Yeah. But then again, it would have been interesting, wouldn't it? Because I, I still think there were three minutes left of injury time. You never. Mm. Oh yeah, I what you mean? We'd have yeah. been a massive scandal if we'd have got anything out of that game. <laughs> Potentially, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I don't have any. Uh, I certainly don't have the same level of uh, concern for McBurney's finishing as I do from the Goldricks, for example. And uh, no, no, no. I think yeah. he's. I think he's finished quite well, McBurney. And I think one of, one of the. It's a bad miss, but you know you can see strikers do it every week, don't they? Miss like that, to be honest. It's it happens, doesn't it? Things, yeah. 
Um, right, so continuing with the Alternative Mother Match, um, hmm, actually, there's a couple of things I want to mention here. Oh, okay, I'm not going to... Yeah, okay, I think um, one thing I do want to mention uh, as a nominee, but probably not my final nominee, is uh, is the dog in Stanley Park <laughs> taking a leak on, uh, <laughs> on one of yeah. the training cones. Um, this was a fun little uh, side story, I thought, yeah. before the game of uh, United having an activation session in... Uh, in Stanley Park, what did uh, what did you make of that when you saw it? I thought it was quite funny. Who was that journalist who like you sent me the link actually? Was, yeah, I, this was leading into Smith? mentioning that it's Rory Smith, who I think is an excellent writer, but he, he produced a, a, an astonishingly bad take about this. I thought about <laughs> yeah. how it was um, how we were ba- how Wilder was basically using this as a um, a situation to you know try and show the symbolism of it. The, Show the world that you know we're the grassroots, down-to-earth team, and that you know how can Wilder complain about being portrayed with a lack of sophistication when he goes and does something like that, which I just thought was absolute nonsense, to be honest. Yeah, um, you know, it is. That's why. <laughs> yeah, for, for want of a stronger word, there. Yeah. Because um, for starters, I don't think Wilder does cultivate that kind of um, you know everybody talks about me like I'm not sophisticated and I am kind of image. I don't think he does. He's that never moaned about that. He's not Allardyce moans about that a lot. Like Ex- you know, exactly never, what I thought of. Yeah, exactly. The, the Sam thing that he always used to come <laughs> out with. I don't think I've heard once heard Chris Wilder say I'm not getting the jobs because I'm an England, English manager. Yeah, agreed. Um, and then also I thought. It, this isn't being done as a PR exercise, surely. This is just the players, you know, it's just trying to keep the players humble, I guess, and grounded and, you know, showing... I mean, I'm not privy to the internal workings here, but my my feelings would be it's either, you know, just show... Just remind the players that, yes, we're Premier League players, but, you know, remind you where, we've, where you've all come from and, you know, the effort you've had to put in to get here. Or the alternative is, like, all right, we're playing the best team in Europe, the best team in the world, if you want to go on the World Club Championship. Mm, yeah. Still just a football team. That's their stadium. This is the park outside. Like, Let's not forget that this is still a game and it's still 11 v 11 and da-da-da-da, that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah I thought... Um, it was the the uh, the fact that we did it was was not even remotely surprising to me. No, no, funny, no, but... no, no, no. It seems to be like a massive splash in the media, but it's another thing that we sort of got used to while they're doing those sort of things. Maybe not going to Stanley Park and training, but sort of, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't really don't see the problem at all. I don't. That's why that uh, that thing from Rory Smith really surprised me. Like. It was just an odd thing to weigh in on, yeah. I thought. like a, a weird side to take, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the the best thing about it, of course, is it produced a fantastic bit of social media content of uh, a dog running up, relieving itself on one of the cones, and then buggering off. And uh, yeah, don't know, if it was, <laughs> don't know if it was Klopp's dog or what, or uh, if it yeah. was a bad omen or something like that. But yes, that uh, that certainly tickled me. Um, so I did, I did want to mention that. But my my actual nomination and. Perhaps he was indeed um, our actual man of the match, but gotta gotta give some love to Dean Henderson for this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it had an absolute horror show the first time. Uh, first time we met Liverpool this season, um, he did. You know, he made some saves after that first goal in the first game, but it, one brilliant one from Salah, weren't they? After the one that? on one, yeah. But um, I don't think it's a stretch to say he kind of cost us that game as well because yeah. yeah Liverpool were doing absolutely pretty much nothing up to that point apart from yeah, yeah. yeah odd chance in the first half um, but I thought he was more or less flawless in this game and he basically has been since then to be honest but yeah there are two great saves the one from Salah in the first half brilliant save fantastic I'm you know I just thought that was a goal as soon as Salah got to the yeah. ball 
I thought it's a goal and um, yeah, manages to push it away. If and you look I... it from behind the net, he leaps so high. It's easy to, mm. and it's so fast. And I think, you know, it's easy to, it, it, we all have a goal at goalkeepers and they let goals in. You say, I oh, could have done better there. The pace of the game and stuff, this is Liverpool as well, you know, a Soundfield, massive crowd. That That's a proper brilliant save for a, for a 22-year-old lad, I think. I don't want to say, oh no, he's only a kid or anything like that, but... I don't see many Premiership goalkeepers making that save, to be honest. No. Um, and the second off, I thought he was so unlucky with the second goal. Like, Brilliant really, save again. He had no right to save that shot from, from Mane. And, yeah, did he the, trip after? I'm not sure. I might have done. I don't, I'm not sure he's going to get it anyway, to be yeah. honest. It basically ran straight back to Mane and um, he finished. But, yeah, I thought that... Again, as soon as Mane was in, I thought this was definitely a goal. And yeah. uh, it makes a phenomenal a phenomenal one-on-one stop, which he is really, really good at. And, yeah, he's, he's pretty pretty unlucky that there was no one around to clear it for him. So, um, yeah, a, a great... Uh, you know, the kind of performance you need, I think, from a goalkeeper yeah. um, at Anfield. And, yeah, he did, um, did himself proud and, uh, yeah, did us proud as well. He's been amazing since that Liverpool game. I can't think of a one single mistake, really, that he's... Maybe the Watford one, he should have probably... I don't think that were a, a huge error or anything like that. You know, he should he probably yeah. side of the goal or whatever, but I think that's it, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's just a couple of, like, maybe he could have done a bit better kind of things, but I think it's really, yeah, it's really uh, nitpicking, to be honest. Um, just on Henderson, actually, uh, Tom Heaton, the Villa and England goalkeeper, is now out for the season, so prime opportunity for him to cement himself in that England squad properly, I think, because... You know, if he, uh, I mean, he presumably will be the next man up into the squad as the third goalkeeper. Yeah. If he does well for himself, you know, around around the place, I'm not sure. It's, I'm not sure he'll actually get on the pitch, but you know, in the training, in training and stuff like that, then you know, maybe he stays there now. Maybe, uh, maybe mm. Heaton's the one. Heaton's getting on in so. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, think he's only like 30, 30 31, you know. but but yeah, so. A good uh, a good week for him, and I think I'm going to have to go with Dean Henderson, mate. As, as, as yeah, stunned fine, as I yeah. am. Yeah, but I don't like Billy Sharp. Anyway, I forget him. No, so all right. Congratulations, Dean Henderson. Uh, Really good performance by you. And uh, you are the winner of the alternative Demblades Man of the Match. Um, Just to quickly tell you about the Demblades fanzine, the season ticket for 2020 this year, which gets you all four editions of the fanzine, is available now. You get extras as well, like stickers and badges, and no postage costs as well. It's available from demblades.co.uk and I can't recommend the fanzine enough. It is always a fantastic read, a fantastic, uh, whatever the design equivalent of reading is, a fantastic look. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. View. View, very nice, yes. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, do check it out at demblades.co.uk. Right, uh, well, we talked about Liverpool for longer than I thought, actually, for a, a fairly, yeah. a fairly, I don't know, mediocre game. Um so let's quickly just hit a few other things before we finish up. Uh, we obviously play FA Cup third round tomorrow. Yippee! How yeah. how excited are you for um, filed at home on a Sunday? I can't put into words how unbothered I am, and I, I feel <laughs> bad about saying that because I am one of these people who, when we were in like League One, saying these Premiership teams not taking the cup seriously, it's disgusted. And now I'm just being a massive hypocrite saying don't play any of the first teams. Well, I, we don't want to be that team again, do we, as, as we were last year? Because it's going to be even more sort of media attention on it if we do lose because they're not as good as Barnet and now we're in the Premier League. But I really, I, I, I'd, love to, I'd love to sit here and say, 
yeah, it's another game. Love the FA Cup and stuff like that, and I can't wait. But I'm just not bothered. I've got to admit. So we, while they said we're going to change the whole team, which I'm very relieved to hear. Yeah, um, it was quite contrite in saying so, but I, I don't know. I mean, he, he said he wanted to play a stronger team, or he was intending to play a stronger team. Um, but but do, the, do you know what I think it is with the FA Cup as well? It, I think because they don't open the cup, and there's a lot of arguments mm. about this, and I understand why they don't do it and stuff. It just the league cup's the same. They just don't feel like real games to me. And I, mm. when I've been to the, the last few, it, it just felt like I've paid sort of fifteen pound or whatever it is to watch a basically just a reserve game. It doesn't seem like a real game, and I don't get yeah. anything from it. I don't think Wilder gets anything from it. I don't think there's anything. We're just there sort of to to be the the, the shock team to lose. It's I don't know. I, I don't think it's not. I hate the atmosphere of the FA Cup games. I feel really sorry for Fylde actually that yeah. they think they're coming to this Premiership ground and stuff, and there's probably going to be about like eight thousand there, and the cops not going to be open, and it's going to look really poor for them when they come in and stuff. And I, I wish it were different. I wish things were different. And, and I, I suppose if if we did have maybe a winter break or something like that, and we just had this one FA Cup game, you'd probably get a bigger crowd and more people would sort of take it seriously. But We've just played Man City and Liverpool. We've got a massive game against West Ham. You, I don't think you can argue, can you, about him playing the reserves? No, not remotely. I mean, it's it's, it's absolutely what I want us to do, to be honest. Um, mm. uh, let me a quick thought experiment. Uh, let's say we're talking on uh, I don't know sometime next week, and we've just lost one nil at home to Fylde. Yeah. What's your, what's your reaction? Again, not bothered. When we lost to Barnet last year, I know there were a lot of outrage and stuff, and but for me. I didn't. I didn't care. I didn't think it meant that the players that we brought in were poor. I didn't think it meant that Lundstrom were poor or uh, Kieran Dowell were suddenly a bad signing or anything like that. Because I mean, Craney were awful in that game, and he stepped in towards the end of the season. Were amazing. I don't think you. Can, I think there's just that many changes. It's the same with the Sunderland game. We've seen yeah. Besic now come into the last few games and look far better than he has done in the League Cup games. Uh, I, I don't think you can get anything from it, and this is why it's so. Sort of, sort of meh for me because even if we lose, it'd be a bit embarrassing. Obviously, the Barnet thing was, but I do remember like on the S2 forum talking to people and they were saying they were absolutely furious about it. And everyone's got their own opinion, obviously, but I just couldn't get outraged about it. I didn't, I really, really didn't care. And mm. I don't think I'll care this time. I want to win. I'll be cheering if we score, but it'll be more of a get in rather than a come on, you know. Yeah. No, I, I think I was just disappointed with myself after the Barnet one because I was like, I knew it was going to be like this. I knew the yeah. game would go like this. I knew it'd be, you know, terrible atmosphere. And yeah, I was like, why have I, why have I gone? Like, why have I spent fifteen quid or whatever it was? Um, and I don't think even that. I even like sort of Barnet. It, I, I do like the draw itself. I think it's good to play teams that you don't usually play and stuff. It'd have been better away, I think. I think that'd have been on TV and it'd been a bigger, bigger game and stuff. But I don't even think it's the best draw for the likes of Barnet and, uh, and uh, File because. Like I said, they're playing in an half-empty stadium, which is going to be basically... I mean, it's the biggest crowd they're going to play in front well, of the season. Quarter empty, uh, three-quarter empty stadium. Sorry, really. yeah, three-quarter empty stadium. I mean, it's still going to be the biggest crowd that they're going to play in front of, but it's just not It's not what it was, the FA Cup, and I don't think you can... I don't know the, the answer to bring that sort of back, that sort of third-round excitement mm. where there's going to be 20,000 people at Bramall Lane watching, uh, you know, the, the third round. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's saddening because... I'm being a hypocrite because I always I do like the FA Cup and it'll be really sad if you know if it ends up going or you know I think the the formats change. But for me, I just can't sort of I don't know I can't get excited about it. I can't change that emotion. 
No, and it's it's strange this season of um, you know what 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 is a good draw for United? Yeah, like I say we got through because it's like well we we play all the big teams twice a season now. Yeah, I know um, some people want Wednesday and stuff, but I think that'd be for me more of a hassle with do we play as reserves do we go for it you know I, yeah. I, I don't think we need that sort of hassle this season to be honest I think once you're in it a couple of seasons and I think once you sort of but I suppose you're never secure you know I suppose yeah. you look at some people will be saying why aren't Newcastle taking it I mean I, th- I, don't, I think they have picked the best team actually Newcastle or certainly yeah, look, look, uh, yeah a chunk of it yeah a chunk of yeah, it uh, they all often get sticked don't they for saying why do they never take it seriously they're never going to win anything else but just take, we're eighth in the league and we're thinking well we could lose the next three and then we're only a couple of points off the bottom I mean I think every team thinks that yeah Newcastle are heading to a replay by the way but a bit of live FA Cup oh, really? how old is Aaron Wilbraham 40 do you know why I know that because he said it on Radio 5 before I did this pod with you <laughs> well he's, uh, he's he's scored the equalising goal 40 years old bloody hell who did he used to play for Stockport yeah in Bristol City my God, that is a long career. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just come up and have a look at Sky Sports on now, yeah. Uh, yeah, wow. So Brilliant. there you go, there's another game for Newcastle. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I actually, I'm, I'm not too bothered if this does go to a replay, United and, and filed. I think that's kind of fun because, you know, we are just going to play mm. the reserves anyway. Um, you'll be on t- you'll definitely be on TV, I would have thought that. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah, more than likely. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to get excited. You almost just want to like accidentally get to the fifth round, don't you? You know, without yeah. really trying, and then suddenly it's like, well, you know, now we're like two wins from Wembley. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, that's it. And once you get to the fifth round, I think you'll have more of an idea of where the season's going as well. Mm. I think if we're in the fifth round and we're still in eighth, then yeah, I'm all for going for it. You know, I'm, not, I'm certainly uh, the only thing I'm cautious about at the moment is we've just played two massive games where we obviously look knackered, and then we've got a, a huge game again on on Friday. So I, I just don't see. How we put a, a good side out, or a good side, you know, our strongest side, should I say? Yeah, just looking now. When is the? Yeah, so the fifth round is in. Is that right? Yeah, it's right. Fifth round is in March, the start of March. So yeah, you're absolutely right. We'd have a very clear idea of where our season's going at that point. Yeah. So yeah, let's see what happens. I'm uh, I'm definitely in there. Don't not remotely bothered if we uh, lose to a non-league team. To be honest, if our reserves lose to a non-league. Team. Excuse me, yeah, and team, I think so. last year it was for the greater good for me. I don't know if it did make that much of a difference in going up, but every little helps, I suppose, doesn't it? And we didn't have any more games after that. We could concentrate purely on the league. So Yeah, I feel like um, all our promotions, the last three promotions probably happened without any FA Cup or League Cup distractions beyond yeah. like, the first couple of rounds. I swear so. Warnock physically went out to lose, actively, should I say, set out, uh, went out to lose against QPR one year when he brought... Hi ho, hi dong on for about like fifteen minutes to go uh, against QPR. So. Nice. Uh, all right, we well, let's move on. Then. You mentioned it there. West Ham on Friday night. Friday night football. That's a that's an unusual one. Um, yeah. I guess we, we had a few in the Championship, didn't we? Actually, yeah. It's a common thing on Sky, um, including the Sheffield Derby. Actually, but yeah, uh, a couple of, oh, weren't they some classic nil nils in a row? <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose they were classic uh, Sheffield Derbies these days. But yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, West Ham at home, and as you say, this this is a funny one because it. You, I think you kind of touched on it earlier. It's suddenly become a, I think, a slightly bigger game than it probably actually is. If you know what I mean, in terms of yeah. it just sits in the middle of much harder games. So yeah, I think um, I think it's one of those where narratively it's bad if we lose, but probably not really that big a deal in terms of the season, but. 
you win that one, you're, uh, everything looks much rosier and, uh, yeah, everyone feels a lot a lot better about ourselves, I suppose. Um, any, uh, have, you, have you had a chance to kind of look at what the feeling is from West Ham fans? Yeah, they're, uh, they're not really talking about the game itself. It's obviously quite a way away, but obviously they've got a cup game themselves this weekend. But it's early days. The fans still aren't happy with Moyes. There's talks of protest against board. None of them wanted him. And that win against Bournemouth has made, it's made people happier, but certainly not happy, if, if, if that makes sense. They're, mm. they're still very sort of unsure about where that club's going. And they were absolutely furious when Moyes got appointed. And obviously they got that amazing win against Bournemouth. So things have sort of calmed down to a little a certain sense. But there's definitely there's more than undercurrents, let's put it that way, that there's going to be some sort of big protest, I think, against the board and how West Ham are being run. But then I saw they'd link with Fernandes at Benfica, which would be a ridiculous signing. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were on Sky Sports. I mean, you have, obviously, you never know if it's going to come come through or not. So it looks like they're going to throw money at it to, to stay up in the January transfer window. And I don't think they will go down or anything. But I don't know. They're, they're, it's weird. I never thought they'd be in anywhere near like a relegation fight, and they shouldn't be really. But mm. if you look at the fixtures after us, it's really interesting. Actually, they've, they've got us obviously away. Then they've got Everton at home, Leicester away, Liverpool at home, Brighton at home, City away, Liverpool away. Not so, easy that. No. So, it's so we're talking trouble. about. Yeah, this is it, and we're we're talking about um, how we sort of see that game as like not a must win, but you know, a really big game. If you look at it from West Ham's point of view, say they lose to us, then uh, you could say they might be Everton. And then they've got Leicester away, Liverpool. They've basically got five games where you expect them to only really get points out of one of them. Mm. And they've got less points than us as well, which is, this is what I think a lot of people seem to overlook at the moment is, yeah, Bournemouth or whatever and West Ham, they have picked up, well, West Ham have picked up by that win. And Watford and Southampton have still got, got this run together. But they're still below us by a fair amount and you don't Such expect these runs to continue because it'd be outrageous it'd be showing like sort of Champions League form if Southampton and Watford carried on with these sort of runs that they're on hmm. indeed Southampton have been uh, sneakily good this year actually and mm. a lot of the uh, a lot of the underlying numbers of them you know, quite high up the league um, yeah I think they're above us aren't they on the uh, uh, XGs and stuff I think uh, yeah the uh, understats expected points table has them yeah. as the sixth best team believe it or not yeah 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 um, us down in seven, eight, nine, ten, which I think is pretty much right around where we that, that's yeah. probably where I would say we are like just, just in the top ten I think um, West yeah. Ham 19th on expected points mm. uh, they have the fifth worst attack and the third worst defence just um, yeah basically the same kind of defence as Norwich and, and actually Villa are horrific um, defensively yeah. but similar kind of defence to Norwich which is it's surprising because I think they have some very good players and I also thought Pellegrini was quite a good manager I think their home mm. form is, is killer um, and that, that would worry me I think I mean I know you, you know you rattled off those fixtures there and there are some uh, winnable games, but they're at home. Yeah, they're both at home. Everton and Brighton are the two you look at and you think, yeah, they're the ones are going to be targeting. And like you said, they're both at home. I think, you know, you talk about home advantage. I think it's home disadvantage for them. Yeah, um, yeah they they have the third, uh, a joint second worst um, home record in the Premier League, um, just at 10 points from mm-hmm. 10 games, only a point, worse, a point better off than Norwich, uh, who are the worst home team in the league. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta say, I think if we beat them, and even if they are going to chuck money at it, they're they're going to be in trouble. I think because 
other teams are picking yeah. up points. So, and this is the thing. What if we get onto this now? Because obviously, I, after the the, the weekend weekend, I can't remember. I don't know what days we're on anymore. No, it would have been Wednesday's <laughs> results, were not it? New Year's Day's results when Villa won. Obviously, Southampton won, Watford won, and everyone's saying, "Oh no." Blah, blah. These teams have still got to play each other and stuff. Mm-hmm. Although sort of Villa won, Burnley are below us. So, that, yeah. you know, they're still below us. Norwich got a point, but Palace are below us. So they sort of dropped two points if you look at it like that. I think there's a lot of talk like, oh, we need 50, 60, 70 points to stay up this season. And <laughs> if you look at it, I think the last season was a was a, an outlier of a season because people are looking back to last season and saying, I think, Third from bottom this year has got something like seven more points or whatever it is. I'm not sure exactly, but they it's were four. Really, I think I've looked. Was at it? Oh, sorry, right. But last, maybe fourth bottom. I'm looking at then. Anyway, but they were poor sides last season. There's no getting away mm. that Fulham and Huddersfield last season were just nowhere near the quality of Norwich and Watford are this season, uh, or, or whoever goes down this season. So it's not natural that that's going to be. You, you probably are going to need a, a bigger points total. Was it 34 they stayed up on last year, Brighton? Yeah, I think so. I think I just think it's it's forty points. I just think it's honestly forty points. I really I mean, do. Thing... I, I don't see how Southampton and Watford carry on these runs till the end of the season because I just don't see it happening. I'd, it'd be insane. It'd be sort of unheard of. It'd be like they'd be up there, sort of challenging for the Europe and Champions League and stuff. So. <laughs> Indeed. Um, at, at time of recording, there are four teams who are still getting points at less than a point per game, uh, less mm-hmm. than or equal to a point per game. Which obviously would give you 38 points over the full season maximum. So I, I just think it'll be 40 points as it pretty much always is. To it's, going to be an, it's going to be an exciting end because I think anyone from us downwards could easily get dragged into it. I really, really do. I think, I mean, every time I've seen Palace this season, they've not looked great. Every time mm. I've seen Newcastle, they've looked pretty poor. But yet they're sort of 10th and 11th or wherever they are in the league. Burnley have, have looked appalling this season. So there's loads of teams that could get dragged into it. I, I imagine, I still think West Ham will get out of it. I imagine Norwich are pretty much done yeah. just simply because of the the fact that they can't keep a clean sheet. They can't keep, I think they're a good side as well, Norwich. I think it wouldn't have taken much for him to stay up. That's probably the, the, the annoying thing for their fans. I think if they've got a couple of defenders in, they... they they are a good side, so I don't know. I mean, it was your three at the moment. Uh, definitely Norwich. Uh, I do think Villa as well. I've, I'm leaning towards Villa um, with McGinn and Wesley and Heaton out for yeah significant periods of time. I, I think they'll. Um, I mean, they're going to spend, but yeah, I, I don't know how much impact can you have. Uh, yeah, I, I'd pick them, and I really don't know. I. You know, I've been banging the drum for Watford most of the season and it's kind of coming to fruition now. Yeah, yeah. So I could see them... Uh, I mean, yeah, they're only like a win from safety. Hmm. I, I, you know, I might be bold and say West Ham. Really? That is an interesting... See, I, I thought... I was thinking Burnley at one point, but I think they've got enough to grind them results out. Mm. Sort of backs against the wall. Bournemouth are obviously relying a lot on their injury uh, injuries crisis clearing up and coming back, but... We we know that doesn't always happen. Not only mm. are they out, they've got to come back and they're not up to match speed and stuff. And they've got a massive run. Uh, Bournemouth coming up. Uh, mm. Bear with me, I'll get their fixtures up because so really, I think this is six seven, isn't it? This is going to be huge for everyone down there. I think what Bournemouth next. They've got Watford at home, uh, Norwich away, Brighton at home, Villa at home, us away, Burnley away. Yeah. So I think that is going to sort of that's going to be break. massive for a lot of teams. That to be honest, 
Yeah, indeed. And, and as you said, you know, one team picks up points, the other team drops points. So, yeah, I can't even believe we're, we're talking about this as like a, you know, we've lost to City and Liverpool and now it's like, ooh, just uh, have a quick glance over your shoulder, lads. I, do, I think this is the normal thing. People say, oh, you're only nine points off relegation now and we've got Man City and Arsenal to play. And you lose to West Ham, you could look at it, oh, we're only, we're only four points off relegation or something like that. But I still, I still, I think people need to stop Personally, I think people should stop looking at what the teams below us are points on, they're catching up and stuff, and just think about how we realistically probably need four wins max. Yeah, if, if we're still on... Sorry, go ahead. Out of 18 games, if we don't get four wins out of 18 games, we're not good enough to be in the Premier League. It's as simple as that, and we've shown nothing to suggest that's the case. No, indeed. I think, as I said to you, you know, it's almost like people don't don't kind of factor in everything we've seen from the mm. team this season and you know before this Liverpool game the t- the teams that we have not beaten recently so Watford, Newcastle and Man City we should have beaten like we were better than yeah. um, if we're still on 29 points after we've played 29 games instead of 21 then I might start to have a, a little inkling of worry but even then yeah. you know you, yeah. you still we still probably be like 15 to 16 to something at that point so this yeah. is the thing everyone teams are going on runs at the moment which often happens as well but they very rarely keep those run up not every one of them can I can't see Villa going on a four game winning streak alongside Watford and alongside Burnley I just I don't see how that happens no indeed um, alright that's West Ham on Friday just very quickly to wrap up then uh, first signing of uh, January transfer window for United uh, one that's been I guess in the works for a while has been training with us for uh, a good few weeks I think uh, Jack Rodwell mm. say his name Jack Rodwell excuse me um, yeah, signs on a on a free transfer. Uh, he was previously with Blackburn in the Championship last season. Obviously, made his name with Everton and uh, and England. Actually, I think it was capped yeah. as a as a twenty year old. Um, yeah, fair to say his career just completely fell apart um, at Sunderland, uh, and and that's something that um, is a bit of a bone of contention at Sunderland. I think I read some an interesting yeah. thing on him this week about how. He was. He was obviously signed in the Premier League by them for ten million. He was apparently the only player in the squad that did not have a relegation clause in his contract, um, as in to, to reduce his wages. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he, he went down through the leagues with them. Uh, he's still on, or he was still on, I should say, uh, very high wage compared to all the other players to bring in at that point. And. Um, yeah, it's one of these things. It's like you know, I don't think it's like the Dean Hammond thing of where he activated that that sort no, of clause no, no. in his contract. No. But it is it's sort of a you know, why should he take a fifty percent pay cut or something like that when it's not in his contract? I mean, I think what the contention is is that the the sort of rumor or the the feeling in Sunderland that he refused to play. I right. don't know how true that is. I don't know if that's just sort of their fans. I, I really, really don't know. I won't like to say. I, I'm certainly not going to call the Sunderland fans idiots. Cause I, I don't know. I, I, I just don't understand like what's happened there, but they, they, they were a good chunk. Of, I don't know if you did you see the Sunderland documentary. Uh, no, I've actually not watched it. It's he, very interesting. He, sort of, he don't come across great on there. Uh, in sort of someone says he's playing, and he says something like, "Nah, I'm not bothered, mate." Or you know, quite an arrogant sort of. So I can understand why Sunderland fans are against him. But Wilder said in his interview yesterday, things are edited in a way, and there's two sides to that story that people don't know and. Mm. The Sunderland fans have gone mad at what Wilder has said, uh, saying what does he, you know, he doesn't know what, you know, what Jack Rodwell did or what he, 
how poorly he played and how much little effort he came. It's one of those. He's got baggage. You know, there's no doubt about it. For me, forget like everything that he's done. He's just another body. I feel safer with him in the team than Keane Bryan, if I'm completely honest. Mm. Uh, If injuries do strike, and I think it's completely no risk. I saw like some fans saying. Oh, this once again he's got another forty thousand a week contracts. Like no, no, he really hasn't. <laughs> Very much doubt it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, he um, they switched him to centre back. Mm. Uh, I think while he was at Sunderland, um, and then yeah, that's how he played. Uh, played there um, predominantly, I think, for Blackburn. And yeah, I think he'll just be cover for Basham. I think, um, which we still don't really have. You know, Jack no, he's two forward as well. So yeah. you know, completely left or right. And he can play midfield. Apparently, midfield is his best position, according to the Blackburn fans. They don't really like him at centre half, but that were in a two, which I think is completely different to the mm, way that's we true, put. Yeah. I think you put Basham in a two in a Premier League centre half, and he's going to get destroyed a lot of the time. To be completely honest, it's 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 a completely unique system that we play. And maybe Rodwell, you know, being good on the ball and stuff, he could maybe fit into that. We'll see. And yeah. one's contract, I don't see. I've seen people getting fabulously angry about it, and <laughs> I'm just sort of like, well, I'm really whatever. It's if you don't work out, it's Ravel Morrison time, whatever. Yeah. yeah, well, I suppose he might be playing tomorrow, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, I reckon he will. Tomorrow, yeah. yeah, um I think it's, yeah, as you say, it is very similar to uh, Ravel Morrison, uh, David McGoldrick as well, I suppose, you know, just mm-hmm. go, go, and, uh, go and earn a longer contract if you can. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, you know, he may never play for us in, in a league match, I suppose, but it's a uh, good cover to have. It's very, you know, absolutely low risk, low cost as well. I mean, you know, to sign a player to that can challenge Basham is going to cost us so much money. You know, yeah. from from another team. So yeah, it doesn't. Uh, I saw but, like Sunderland fans saying, "Oh, you'll you'll ruin that dressing room spirit that you've got," which is all the same stuff that they said about Ravel Morrison. But he's been yeah, with us you know. month, is it? Or whatever. I think we'd have known by now if we were going to cause any issues, and he'll be straight out on his ear if he does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think the fact he's, uh, you know, we're not signed him off the street technically. You know, he's no. been training with us for three or four weeks. So obviously, uh, obviously, there's no character questions there as far as um, management are concerned. So yeah, it's fine. It's not a, you know, <laughs> I can see why people would think it's a very underwhelming signing, but it's the kind mm. of signing you need. You know, we we still don't have a huge squad and um, no. we don't have ridiculous money to spend. I don't, I, it isn't. Um, I've seen a few people be like, "Oh, you know that that's the prince isn't giving Wilder any money in January. That's why we have to do this." And it's like, <laughs> yeah. "Okay, that that may happen, but I don't think this means that." That doesn't mean no. It's absolute nonsense. That, but it's just he's been training with us. It's a free transfer. It's low risk. If he's fitted in well and he looks like he's fit enough to be an option, you're gonna give mm. him a contract. It's yeah, uh, yeah, whatever. It's like Martin when Martin Craney came in to me. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. Um... Just finally, uh, I just want to bring this up actually. So we're uh, just trying to find United's twenty-five man squad um, because I believe it's filled. Right, everyone has a squad number. Yeah, yeah. Which means if we're going to bring in a another player, um, somebody's going to have to leave or is going to have to drop out of the Premier League squad, if you like. Uh, yeah. Just it's what says four, eight, twelve, sixteen, twenty. 25 yeah uh so yeah let's um just quickly who do you who do you think might might be uh out of that squad um i mean this the reason i'm bringing this up is um billy sharp apparently actual inquiries mm. for him um and we said he's going nowhere and i 
I would be really, really surprised if he does go anywhere. I, I just can't see him finishing his career anywhere else. And the fact that he's playing for us... Yeah. I mean... He's come on in the last three games. Two games, sorry. He didn't come against Watford. But the last two games, he's come on, so... Yeah, uh, I, I just I just don't see that at all, to be honest. No. I think he offers us plenty off the bench, at least, and maybe the old start here or there. I just yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't buy that. I don't um, get it. I, I think if if we sign Rodwell, or we should we have signed Rodwell, and someone drops out, it's likely to be Keen Brian. I would have thought probably Keen Brian Clark's obviously got a squad number as well, so he probably uh, he probably loses that. Yeah. Then it gets interesting. It does. You're looking at people like Stearman, who we probably need for. Doesn't a... have a squad number. Does he oh, not? Does, sorry, sorry oh, my yeah. mistake. He does. Oh yeah, he's yeah. uh, nineteen. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Freeman as well of uh, the Kieran that is. Mm. So yeah, there's probably those two. So yeah, you think probably Freeman maybe loses his um, his squad number, I guess. Uh, uh, but then he'll go to right back if there's a long term injury to to Baldo. You know, it's. I know. Um, if we sign another forward, I do wonder if somebody's going out on loan. I know you said this a few weeks ago. Oh, I did, probably, uh, yeah, a while couple of months ago, and I was I was not buying it. But sort of like trying to do the maths a little bit. It's like oh, somebody's somebody's going to go, I guess. But then if it's if it's Clark, I suppose that kind of frees up that squad spot. So if we do sign another striker, I wouldn't be surprised if it's from a Championship club. If we do try and use sort of Callum Robinson as a bargaining thing the other way in terms of a loan or something like that, mm. there's a lot of rumours about him going out on loan at the moment and stuff. But I don't know. I really, really don't know. It's going to be an interesting one. People are saying like it's the biggest transfer window of our history. I don't see it like that personally. No. But I, I don't. No, I, I, I'd be surprised if we sign. I'd be surprised if we sign any one of the kind of uh, I, I don't know what the right word is, the prestige or the no. whatever of players we signed in the summer. I think we'll have done well if we sign three players. Put it that way, and and I'd expect all of them to be squad squad fill, players filler, if you like. You know, yeah, m- maybe they'll get on the bench, but just yeah. people, I think people need to understand as well that teams aren't going to sell their prize. Watkins, for instance, Brentford. People talk about him. Why would Brentford sell him now in the third in the league? Why would QPR sell Eze, whatever he's called, now? Um, because, uh, you know, they're, they're only like four points off the players or something, QPR. Yeah. You're just basically selling a player. We had the same last year, didn't we, with John Fleck, where the West Ham bid came in. And we were saying, like, well, all right, you get four, four million from him or whatever, but you're going to lose out on 100 million by getting into the Prem. And every team's going to think that, and rightly so. I don't I think you're an idiot if you sell your best player in January, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. Unless you're Wednesday, you need to uh, get <laughs> you need to get some money in desperate like that. I don't see why a team such as QPR or Brentford or or even Rangers and stuff have been linked with a couple of their players. Don't see why they sell their best players in January. No, me neither. Maybe I'm overthinking this squad thing. Maybe uh, you know, Clark is one. Freeman, Stearman, Brian. That's actually three or four. Yeah, so maybe actually we don't see someone like Callum Robinson going on. I still would be really, really surprised if he did because, all right, he's still only making like the odd appearance here and there. But yeah, I, I would imagine he's like the next man up if we got an injury to someone. Well, he's like made that. fourteen appearances and we've only played twenty games, which is not a bad sort of, you yeah. know. I know some of them have been obviously have the sub bench as well, but he's not done bad there, has he? Really? No, not really. We're obviously looking at the same website. I think you're on the oh, Premier really? League.com. That's the one I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah, in the same place. They've yeah, got, uh, they've got the SEO down very nicely for us to both end up on that page. Evidently. <laughs> um, 
Nice one, mate. Sorry, I think we uh, we ended up talking for probably a little bit longer than intended yeah. there on a on a Saturday afternoon, but it's just wow. pretty much just in time for all the three o'clock games to kick off. That's so it, yeah. Kicking uh... off for the fifteen minutes, and uh, it's it's boring, isn't it, without like the because obviously there's no. I've not got BT, so I can't watch any of the games other than like the two that BBC have got. So it's yeah, it's just not the same for me. FA Cup weekend. <laughs> <laughs> down down with the FA Cup. We'll see how yeah. we get on tomorrow. Um, That's drawn, by the way. Yeah, that's a nightmare scenario for them because I'm yeah. sure there'll be a huge crowd at uh, St. James's for that replay. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that everything we wanted to mention? I think it probably is. I think that's it? it, yeah. I think we've covered it, yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking down my notes. I've uh, we've ticked off the uh, dog urinating on a cone that was in there. Big issue. That was that was the, the main thing I wanted to get across in this one. Um, so let's leave it there then. Um, where can uh, where can people check out your, your stuff? It's www.roysviewfrom.com or follow me on Twitter at Panchero. Oh, do you want to just tell people about the uh, the Radio Sheffield quiz being available? Yeah, now? the Radio Sheffield quiz about, I think we recorded it at the beginning of December. Uh, it went out on New Year's Eve afternoon, which uh, obviously, uh, sorry, evening, which I'm sure no one had anything else to do <laughs> when that <laughs> went out. But uh, yeah, you can catch it on the BBC Sounds. It's a good laugh, actually. Um, it's about three hours long, so if you might want to watch, like, listen to it in... Uh, hourly segments and stuff but it is a good laugh and stuff and it's good to get one over on how much better we are than every other team in, in south yorkshire at the moment as well so nice. I, I thought you were accidentally giving away the result of the quiz oh, there, no, so. no i'll get i'll get fired i'll get sued by <laughs> mccarthy if that happens <laughs> <laughs> oh no then uh, maybe that's what he did to annoy chris wilder he maybe I, I was gonna ask him when i was there but i, I bottled it so i thought it's, i don't really want to break that, that it's a hard one to raise that isn't it yeah. <laughs> Poor old Mike McCarthy. He's, he seems like such a nice guy as well. I've only met him a couple nice of times. Adam, Adam Oxley, a really, really, really sound guy. And obviously, he's all right with Adam Oxley anyway. But when Mike McCarthy comes, I don't know what's happened there. I'd love to know. I almost don't want to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's too bad, whatever it is. It's a, honestly, it's like, I've met, obviously met them both. Mike McCarthy, he's a proper, proper nice guy. So I just don't know what Wilder's well got against him, but... So it makes me wonder if, like, as soon as they've stopped recording, if uh, if Mike's like, "Why do you have to?" There's just like an in joke or something. While it's just like, <laughs> just it's like because it gives him a big hug after every interview. It's like, yeah, oh, you, yeah. you've done me again, haven't you? Made me look like an absolute idiot. Someone tweeted him actually. Someone tweeted and said, "Why do you let Mike McCarthy do Wilder interviews? It's just awkward." And then Mike McCarthy tweeted, "I will continue to ask the uh, the right questions or something like that." So I don't think it, there is obviously something going on there, but who knows what. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it all will be revealed later. Should get an alternative man at match actually for being such a sound guy. Certainly, <laughs> but <laughs> no, it's a good shout out anyway. Right, mate. Let's uh, let's wrap up there. Um, yeah, we've got file tomorrow. We've got West Ham on Friday. That's uh, that's the one I'm really looking forward to. Bramall Lane under lights and hopefully hopefully a better experience than the Newcastle game, our last evening game. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, more like an Arsenal one we want. Yeah, uh, particularly with the result for sure. Nice one, yep. buddy. Um, right, thanks. Uh, thanks for giving up some of your Saturday, and yeah, uh, cheers, mate. I'll, uh, I'll I'll catch you later. Yep. See you later, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Take it easy. Thanks to Andrew. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to the Denblades Fanzine for being a sponsor, and thanks also to Beer52.com, who are also one of the sponsors of Blades Pod. Now, if you like me, football and a few beers go together very nicely. Beer52 are offering a free case of their hand-picked beers to Blades Pod subscribers. All you need to do is head to Beer52.com/slash/BladesPod, sign up, and cover the four pound ninety-five for postage. 
and they will send you a case of eight free beers. And not just any beers, they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting craft beers from the greatest small batch breweries the world has to offer. They're on a mission to find the best beers out there and deliver it to their members each and every month. Beer 52 do not hold you to ransom. You can leave at any time with no cost to you. Sign up today and get your free case of craft beer. Get it from beer52.com slash bladespod. That's the word beer, then the numbers 52.com slash bladespod. Beer 52.